You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Fred Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, Dina Buchanan. And Dina is the Director of Investor Relations at PCRP Group, which is a company that offers direct access to tax advantage, passive income commercial real estate investments. And similar to what we discuss on the show and what uh, my company does as well, is they invest in high demand multi-housing communities, but they do it in a little bit of a different way in terms of how they're picking the communities and their investment criteria. It's they're choosing climate resilient markets, which can give investors more layers of investment security. And in the long haul, obviously, you know, that will lead to greater returns. So we want to talk about that specific aspect when you're evaluating commercial multifamily properties and why they chose to focus on those types of markets and what that actually means. So um, really excited to have Dina here and, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So yeah, so you've had 19 years of experience in both residential and commercial investing. And right now you guys have $200 million under management. So I want to understand a little bit more about the uh, climate resilient portion and kind of how that relates to um, a lot of the initiatives you're seeing going on in the country. So um, definitely want to hear more about that. And you. For sure. Um, You know, I started out in residential real estate over 19 years ago Um, My husband and I, probably very much like a lot of people out there, um, we wanted to own more of our time and everything that we checked out from franchising to other businesses. We both went to school, you know, had the had the degrees, got into higher paid careers um, and wanted to start a family and wanted to have more time with our family and love to travel and do things more to our, you know, have that time freedom to do it our way. I mean, that's really what led us into real estate. Um, And I always joke that we loved residential and we did very well with it. And then we did our first apartment building and it was like a 27 unit. And that's when we got bit, right? It was like, that's when it was like intoxicating. It was like, oh my gosh, we started to see how much more you can exponentialize returns doing multifamily than just single family as far as cash flow, diversity, tax advantages. Uh, the whole nine yards, as you know, because uh, that's that's really the the crux of what we're talking about today. But one of the things my business partner and I um, recently, I would say in the last couple of years, we have been looking at, well, gosh, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, climate extremes. And when we talk climate resilience, let me be really clear, we're not on a climate change debate with that topic. Um, that's a lot, you know, debating it politically is a lot different than looking at managing risk. And the facts are clear, the numbers are in that there are certain markets in the country that are considered very good markets. Uh, I'm in Orlando, Florida, for example. Um, So that would be something we would consider more climate resilient versus, uh, you know, Miami Beach, Daytona Beach, Um, you know, New Smyrna Beach area, because those are coastal. Um, So climate resilient markets are simply markets that are not 
as subject to weather diversity or climate patterns, catastrophes that we're seeing, fire floods, droughts, heat waves, things like that. So it doesn't mean 100% those markets don't see any in climate weather or, or any you know possibility of that, but it's a much lower probability of it happening there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Dina, with that being said, could you talk about um, some of the states where your portfolio is in and some of the regions and some markets within those states that sure. aren't really prone? Because we 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 own in or about, we're about to own in Orlando ourselves. So fantastic. Um, well, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so you know, we look at um, the Carolinas. Uh, that non-coastal, we'll look at Tennessee, uh, Kansas City. We also um, do Colorado Springs, um, Atlanta area, not necessarily in town Atlanta, not that that's bad weather-wise, but just, you know, around uh, anywhere from Macon on up north. Um, And these markets are good markets that produce really good returns as well as some of the others. But the big thing with climate resilient, and and this is where it really comes into play with the numbers, is first of all, let's talk insurance. We have already started to see in the residential realm, insurance companies dropping people because of the area they live in. And and maybe when they bought their homes, they didn't see it as a flood zone or um, a a fire prone area. Um, And now insurance companies are dropping and we're starting to see this trickle over into the commercial side. Um, And this is going to be a huge issue if insurance companies multiple insurance companies start dropping or won't insure in those areas uh, because if there's no insurance, there's not going to be any underwriting um, from mortgage companies. You've already got people like BlackRock, uh, State Street Capital, um, and other companies that are starting to look at, hey, um, not only where is this company investing in today, but what? let me look at their portfolio from the last five years and see where they're invested in currently because they're going to look and say, wow, if you know these properties are not in areas where they'll be insurable, this could be catastrophic for investors uh, and the company itself. Does that make sense? And we're seeing, I don't know if you've heard about this, but we've been seeing a lot of it. Um, and it's really been a vehicle that's been driving us into you know, basically more inland, um, you know, and out of the way of Tornado Alley and certainly not in, you know, earthquake zones and, and, and things like that. So those are really primarily, it's not about uh, where we'll go as much as it is where we won't go. Right. So can you t- talk about that from you're talking about from an insurance perspective too, mm-hmm. um, a lot of carriers are, you know, dropping in entirely yeah. areas within, you know, high flood zone categories and, and whatnot. Hurricanes. I guess my question to you is, can you still make money and do well if you're in a flood zone? Because, you know, you're using Florida as an example, and we invest mm-hmm. in Florida as well. Right. So a lot of money that has been made on the coast, on both the East Coast and the West, West Coast. For sure. Um, how do you manage that risk more? When, you know, even if you are targeting assets on the coastlines um, or do you just, you know, moving forward, you just for you, you're trying. It seems like you're avoiding it entirely. But there are investors who kind of still see it as an opportunity because not as many people Mm -hmm. are looking at it. 
Um, well, again, it, it's really about, uh, for us, aligning with our investors' needs and protecting them. So I have very good friends that are investors that are investing uh, in the Southwest coast of Florida. Um, and I love them personally and professionally, and they're great people. Uh, but I, our company, PCRP Group, would not fund for, for that with our investor funds simply because the risk is too high for us. Um, if insurance companies aren't insuring there, you know, you, you might end up getting one or two that will insure there and that's going to jack the rates up really, really high. And that's going to offset, you know, a lot of the costs, things that maybe they uh, ran numbers on that looked good initially, uh, maybe in two, three years won't look that good um, depending on, you know, how, how the weather patterns go. Um, so however we feel about what's going on, you know, with, you know, the great debate of our, our, our generation, um, it, it, the numbers are clear um, that properties that are in more climate resilient markets are going to have a higher probability of reaching their full potential on that investment. Right. Okay. So when, when you, what factors are you looking at in order to, you know, and, and how can investors do more due diligence? Um, obviously Florida has a um, website where you're able to, you know, kind of track even storm patterns and hurricane patterns and whatnot, you know, even flood zones. Is there like a, how do you guys conduct diligence when it comes to the climate risk? Is there a program you use or kind of a one-stop shop per different states or how do you evaluate that risk? Well, we look at, um, you know, we don't do anything coastal right now because we know that uh, particularly you know, and, and these are things that are very obvious, obviously, um, when we're looking at weather patterns on the coast, um, that would not be an area that we would go into regardless of, you know, we're not just analyzing the, you know, the, the numbers in a deal and the return and the tax advantages. We do a comprehensive risk analysis and we've got a risk analysis team that determines um, as we're doing our due diligence on an opportunity you know, really what's going on in that area and, and do we, is it, you know, something that's more climate resilient? Is it something that, in other words, in the middle of Atlanta, Georgia, there probably is not going to be a hurricane, right? So, but now if we go down to the coast of Georgia, you know, it could happen there. So it's not about, will it happen there, right? It's, if it could, it's going to put a higher risk on our projects with our investors. And so we would just stay away from that area. Understood that. And is that knowledge that you've just obtained over your 19 years in the business of where to invest, where not to invest? Have you been burned before when it comes to the environmental risks? No, we have not been burned before, uh, but our uh, Mike Warren, one of our team members, uh, he specializes with um, environmental social governance, ESG, and he is our risk analyst, one of our risk analysts. And he has had years of experience with understanding this phenomenon. And it is, you know, when you see the bigger guys looking about where they're going to, you know, invest or not invest, it definitely is, is a wake up call. And, and this is happening, whether, 
whether people are, are looking at it or not, whether other companies are looking at it or not, risk analysis is going to include climate risk analysis as well. Um, so it's, it's probably pretty easy to look at a map of the United States and determine where, I mean, if you watch the Weather Channel one day, you'll probably see what's going on in the country and which areas get hit the most. And we would probably move to the other side of those areas. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense to me. And for us, we stay out of the you know coastal areas for that reason yeah, as well. I'm sure and, you do. You're smart. Yeah. Um, and so can you, you talk a little bit, you mentioned the social governance topic. Can you talk a little bit more about yeah. that from a real estate perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that is very attractive about multifamily is it literally reduces the carbon footprint. So if an inv- a group of investors uh, like PCRP group or your group, when we look at purchasing multifamily, which is mainly what we do, um, we will go ahead and, and look at the fact that number one, when we go and we'll get a class B and it, we've got a really good opportunity to upgrade and we can use environmentally friendly materials, which costs just about the same as doing a regular renovation or upgrade. Um, and our tenants on the properties will love it because it's more energy efficient. Um, if we can put them in, you know, an area, if we're in an area where it's going to have mass transportation or public transportation, parks, recreation, that's going to really um, reduce the carbon carbon footprint. And it's also going to create more of a tax advantage for those things. So it's, we call it doing good while doing well. So we're doing really good things for our tenants and the environment. We're also doing really well for our investors because we'll be able to enjoy some of those tax advantages that we can get from using these types of products and doing these types of projects. Um, We've discovered also that the upside on this type of a project um, is quite a bit higher in the returns department. I always hate to quote numbers on, you know, on gauges, but on some of these projects that we're looking at, just to give a range, we're seeing anything from 10 to 16% on average higher returns in those type of markets using those types of strategies, which I just discussed. Right. And so if you're buying existing multifamily, what sorts of strategies, um, you know, it, it depends what type of class asset class you're buying within multifamily, but um, what are some of the initiatives that your company is taking to reduce the carbon footprint and take advantage of, like you mentioned, some of the tax um, advantages and, and other rebate programs. Can you, can you name a couple of those things? So. Now our group, we align with sponsors that do just that. So each sponsor has a different, um, you know, maybe set up or take on the design and, and, and as far as how they're going to analyze their market, but we stick with sponsors who will focus on class B and why we like class B is because there's always going to be a good upside Um, in times when the market is riding high, like right now um, you've got a lot of build to rents and a lot of class A um, communities are doing quite well because it's, you know, right now, 
But what we look at is tomorrow, those class A's, um, the people that are in those, if there's a downturn and there's always a downturn, they're going to be more prevalent to go to a class B, which is probably a 10 to 20 year old community. And if it's got all the upgrades that we're talking about, um, and we work with sponsors that do uh, align with our goals and our values when it comes to uh, being more climate resilient, um, those are very attractive to our investors. They are like, wow, this is great because not only are we getting the, the standard that uh, multifamily opportunities provide our investors and, and our money that's in there, but we're also getting this overall savings on the project because they are getting some tax advantages they, that are different than the norm because of what they're using. So this rolls right back into the profit margin for our investors. And our investors are, are loving that because they too get to realize, you know, the, the better the deal does, the better we all do, as you know. So we set our, our deals up to give us the highest probability of reaching that full potential. Yep. No, totally understood that. Um, Dina, how can my audience find you, learn more about your company and connect with you? Oh, go to our website, pcrpgroup.com. Um, and I encourage all of you to download. we got a lot of education on all the topics we discussed, as well as um, investing and be, you know being an accredited investor and investing uh, in multifamily. Um, and it's all complimentary information. You can download our free ebook um, and become part of our Passive Investor Club. We're going to do a, um, a webinar series on this very topic that we talked about today and other ways that our investors can really capitalize and have their money work harder for them so they don't have to. Great. Excellent. And if you like- My contact you- info is on the website as well. So anybody's welcome to schedule a um, a call with me or um, email me and I'm happy to, to set up a time and chat with anybody that's interested in doing that. Excellent. And we'll have a link to Dina's website and other channels um, in our social media description. So you can feel free to reach out to her directly. And if you liked what you heard and or saw today, if you could please give us a rating and review on iTunes, we would really appreciate it. It would help Dina and myself get our message out to a greater audience. So we really appreciate that. And Dina, thank you again so much for coming on our show. It was really insightful and look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, excellent. Have a great day. You too.